Give the Lord another hand. Let's just, he's good. He's good. All right, so I want to just share with you a little idea that I, that came across the airwaves today, not today, this week. Alex, good to see you. Amen. Amen. Good to see everybody. Look at your neighbor and tell him, good to see you. Pat, good to see you. You're supposed to tell Margo, good to see you. You guys need to set maybe a different pew. I don't know. All right. So I want to share something with you. We're going to have you out of here before noon. That's good. Uh, if you were able to come to the Christmas Eve service, glad you were able to. We had a good time. It was, it was nice. It was very nice. Very nice. That's a special time of year. It's just, it's just a special night. I think that Christmas Eve might be more special than Christmas. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm still a got a, I got a kid inside this fat body, you know, and it just, there's just, it's just, uh, I call it magical. I don't know if anybody else feels that way or not, or I'm just out there in the twilight zone, but it's all right. I like it out here. And uh, so, but we're getting ready to hit a new year. That's right. And uh, I want to talk to you today about overcome in 21. I want you to be an overcomer. I want all of us to be overcomers. Paul said, I believe it's in Philippians, he said that to mortify the deeds of our flesh. Mortify, that means to kill. We need to kill our flesh. Now that doesn't mean, you know, oh, I'm just going to cut myself and, and do this. No, I'm talking about uh, our desires, our anti-Christ desires. You know we have those. You know we have those desires. When somebody does us wrong, we want to tell them off. Amen. Cuss them out in Jesus' name. Don't think that would, that's kind of like mixing oil and water. When we're at, when we're at the restaurant, make sure you tip good. That's how that waiter or waitress makes a living. Amen. If you don't tip good, don't put down a family worship center business card with your tip. All right? I'll get you some other church business cards printed up, and you can take those with you. No, I didn't say that, did I? No. Tip good. Be kind to people. The Bible says follow peace with all men. Amen? Okay, so overcome in 21. I want to be victorious in 21. I like having victories. I like winning. Amen? Anybody else here that like winning? Anybody like winning in here? Okay, we're going to the book of Mark today. Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4 and verse number 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside. There was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. So Jesus is teaching to a multitude here there's so many people that he gets into a little a boat and goes out into the water a little bit, the sea. Now, the Sea of Galilee is also called, it has several names, it's also called the Lake of Gennesaret. All right, it's just a large lake, actually. But he is out on a boat teaching to the people back on the shore. Now, that's beach ministry right there. That's true beach ministry. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. So he's teaching them parables. A parable is teaching a spiritual principle using natural examples. Okay, you want to know what a parable is? That's when you teach using natural examples to teach a spiritual principle. In fact, in in Mark chapter 4 here, we don't have time to go into it, but he was teaching about the sower and the four different types of ground. Okay? And so, he was teaching about when your seed is planted in good ground, it brings forth much fruit, but there's other types of ground that you have to be careful of. And he was talking about the condition of a man's heart. So that's what he was teaching about here. And then we go to verse uh, 36, I believe it is. 
35. And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. So we went from verse 2 to verse 35. So in verse 30, in, in verse 3 to 34, he did all this teaching, all this explaining, and now it's come sundown. It's evening time. And so Jesus was ready to leave, and he said to his disciples, Let's go to the other side. All right? Let's go to the other side. So he wanted to go to the other side. The other side of the lake, the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Now, I have never had this problem, okay? I have never had this problem where people follow me continually where I go. All right? I don't, I mean, when I leave my house, in the morning, there are not people lined up down the subdivision waving at me as I leave. I went to the inauguration of George W. Bush in 2001, and we actually were just on the north side of the Capitol in the front row there of where Constitution Avenue comes in. And I actually got to see George W. Bush. Amen. Now, but like I said, I never had that issue with myself. When Jesus left the area, boats are following him. There's boats following Jesus as he's leaving. Now, Jesus is God and he is man, right? So as, as God, he fed 5,000 Men with five loaves and two fish. As man, he's tired and he's exhausted and he wants to go to the other side. Let's just get away from this for a while. Uh, as a pastor, as a preacher, I've gotta, I need to get away sometimes for a while. Okay? Especially when my family says that I'm grouchy. I don't understand. I'm as normal as I always am. But I get grouchy. Everybody gets grouchy. You've got to get away from work. You've got to have a vacation. Jesus had to get away. That was his human side. So he's going to the other side, and now there's all these other boats. He's got a flotilla going. And all these other little ships are with him, it says. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Other versions say that the waves were coming into, the water was coming into the boat. Now, I don't know if in your journey with Jesus if you've ever felt like your boat was taking on water or not. Has anybody ever been in a boat that's capsized? Okay. It happens so fast. Once that boat reaches the point where it's going to lose its buoyancy, it's over, brothers and sisters. I'll never forget years ago, I used to fish a lot more than I do now. Years ago, we were fishing at a lake near where I grew up, and we had my cousin and, and my other buddy with me, and we were, we were fishing. It was springtime. It was, uh, the, we were fishing for smallmouth. We, they were spawning, and so we were using topwater lures. Okay, so we were away from the shore a little bit, and we were casting in around boat docks. Okay, and so, you know, you, you drop your lure in there and you start bringing it out. We were using devil horses. Chris, you ever heard of devil's horses? I mean, if you can't catch a fish with a devil's horse, you can't catch a fish. You got nine hooks. Okay? You got nine hooks. You can catch them across the back. You can catch them in their mouth, whatever. So, we're there fishing, and my cousin, uh, he hadn't really fished very much, and he was, he was about 6'3 and weighed about 280. And um, it wasn't really firm, you know. And so he wasn't very coordinated. Now the story, you know how the story's already gone. And so he cast in there, and lo and behold, he, he wrapped up his lure around the dock. So we went in there. Now we were, I, have a, I had a flat bottom fishing boat. We called them John boats. And my buddy, we were in his boat, and it was a semi-V. And they're a little, not as, they're a little bit more flimsier 
right? And Chris knows exactly what I'm talking about. They're a little more flimsier than, uh, than John boats. So we get near the dock, and my cousin starts to reach for the lure. And my buddy says, no, no, I, I won't, I'll call his name John. Just a, no, John, don't, just wait a minute. It was too late. John, the cousin, had tilted the boat just enough that the water started coming in. And brother, when the water started coming in, bloop, 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 we all went down. We all went down. Yeah, we managed to save the trolling motor. But listen, if the trolling motor is not going to work if you don't have the battery. So we made John dive for about 20 minutes trying to find the battery. Because John didn't sit still like he was supposed to. Worst thing was, my lunch went floating across the lake. Gone. Well, we never did find the battery, so guess who got to paddle the rest of the fishing experience? John got to paddle while me and Lonnie fished. Amen. What am I saying is when the water starts coming in your boat, you can't control that. And you have to readjust, and, you, and, you, and you're saying, man, what's going to happen here? What's going on? They were in the boat. Number one, Jesus said, let's go to the other side, right? Number two, the storm comes up. Now they're taking water on. I want to say this, that everyday living for the Lord is not always going to be smooth, sunny sailing. Everyday living for the Lord, some days you're going to find yourself in a storm. You're going to find yourself in a storm that you did not see. You're going to find yourself in a storm that you did not anticipate. You're going to find yourself in a storm that you did not even think that would happen all at once come on the scene. And now the smooth sailing turns into some rough waves and water coming into your boat. You got to remember something. He said, let's go to the other side. They were in the will of God. You probably will have storms in your life while being exactly in the will of God. So don't say, this must not be the will of God. The Lord allows things to come into our lives just like things come into people's lives who don't serve Him. We have diseases that come into our lives even though we have the Lord in our life at times because our bodies are subject to the laws of nature. Amen? We lose money on business deals because we didn't do the right thing. We didn't think it all through. Why? Because that is the law of the harvest. That's, you know, you, if you, my father-in-law gave me some pretty good advice. He said, actually, I had a whole lifetime of 30 years of him giving me advice. And he said, I'll give you all the advice you want. He said, it's free. And one thing he said is, as long as you make a profit, you'll never go broke. Now, I had to think about that for a minute. As long as you make a profit, you'll never go broke. I guess you won't, will you? As long as you make a profit, you'll never go broke. And so, things come into our lives because we still live in this world. But when we get diseases, we have a healer that says, I am the God that heals all your diseases. Amen. When things come into our lives that are bad... Unlike someone who's not living for the Lord, we have the Lord in our lives that we can go to. We can go to his word. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. So they were in the will of God. And in the will of God, they found themselves in the middle of a storm. There's going to be bad things sometimes that's going to happen to good people. There's going to be tragedies sometimes that's going to happen to good people. There's going to be things that we cannot control, that you cannot control, that's going to come into your life. You don't throw in the towel because the Lord said, we're going to the other side. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of the world. The Lord is always with us. Amen? And so now the boat's full. It's full of water, and, and their water's coming in, and now Jesus is in the hinder part of the stern part of the ship. He's asleep on a pillow. He is asleep on a pillow. He must have been exhausted. 
He had to be exhausted because we've got a storm. The wind's blowing up the water. We're white capping. We're maybe three or four foot, five foot, six foot swells. I don't know how big it was that day, but the, the waves came up. He's asleep in the wind and the water. He's asleep. You ever prayed and not got an answer? You ever asked the Lord why and he didn't tell you? You wonder, are you even in the boat? They, they woke him up and they said, Aren't you, don't you care that we're going to perish? We are getting ready to die here. We're getting ready to go under here. Now, like I said a couple weeks ago, these guys were not, you know, novels and novices. They were not novices here on the lake. They knew this lake. They were fishermen. They knew how this lake operated, and they could not control it, and they were taking on water. They were pros. You know what? Sometimes you're going to be a pro-Christian and still not know how to navigate through the storm. You're going to do all the right things. You're going to pray. You're going to fast. You're going to read the Word. You're going to be in attendance at church. You're going to work in the kingdom. You're going to do all sorts of things. You're going to be faithful in everything, and still you cannot right the ship. And still you cannot conquer the storm. And so you have to ride it out. Number one, they didn't remember this one thing. He was in their presence. You've got to remember this. God is in your presence. Even though he's not responding. Even though you cannot feel him. Even though you cannot hear him at times. Even though he will not answer at times. He is still in your life. He is still on your journey. He didn't call you out of the world. Give you his spirit. And make you uh, put you on your journey to leave you halfway. He's going all the way with you. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. That's pretty good. You know, on the last sermon of the year, I'm trying to finish it up with a bang. There's no way I'm going to compete with you and the nativity scene, ever. Who was there when baby Jesus was born? Kevin. Not once, twice. I've learned in Hebrew, Kevin, when it's said twice, it's very important, and you better take notes. So that's what we're doing today, twice. Kevin was there with Jesus. All right. Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care about me, Lord? You brought me out here in this wilderness to die. I've given, oh, here we go. I've given this up for you, and I quit doing this for you, and I've done this for you. And we start going through the shopping list. You know, don't you remember this, Lord? Lord, I gave up Marlboros for you. I was working with a guy, and he said, somebody stole my cigarettes, and I was the only one working with him. Well, I said, it must have been an angel or a demon. Angels don't smoke, and demons probably, because I said, I didn't take them. I don't have your smokes, brother. I ain't got them. You remember all this I gave up, Lord. I, I didn't do this because you. I'm living for you now. I don't do this anymore because I'm living for you now. Don't you care that I, and, and now I'm in the middle of this thing and I can't. Maybe the Lord's trying to teach us how to kind of do, do some dog paddling on our own. Maybe the Lord's trying to teach us how to say, you know what? I'm, there's more in you than what you really realize and I'm trying to get it out of you because, you know, God allows processes to come into our life to get things out of us that we didn't even realize we had. Amen? Sometimes there's things that come into our lives that, that we, we think that we're just going to die. I'm just going to die from this, Lord. This is going to kill me. And listen, the old song says, I, I don't think it's a Christian song, but it, it works. It says, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Who did that? Some girl. Thanks, Danny. Some girl. Who? Kelly Clarkson. Some girl. All right. Pretty well right there. Some girl. If it doesn't kill you, it just makes you stronger. And it's the same way in the kingdom. You know, people like to, you know, these young guys, they like to get all buff. They like their muscles to be big and bulging, you know, like that right there, you know. Sometimes. Don't let them see your hand. 
They get big and bulging. You know why? And they, they go and work out. They go to the gym and they work out and they sweat and they're sore for a while. But then, you know, they like the burn. They like to feel the burn of that muscle as they're, as they're doing it. And they're lifting weights. Why? Because the resistance of the weight builds mass and tissue and, and strength. That's what's, that's what's happening. And, and blood flows into your muscles there. And blood brings life. And so your muscles get big. But, you know, there, there has to be some resistance there in order to look like a bodybuilder. And so if we never had resistance in our life, we would never be strong. If we didn't have resistance in our life, we would never be strong enough to fight the next battle that's coming our way. So the Lord is in the boat with you. The Lord said we're going to the other side, but he didn't say because you're in my will and because I'm in the boat that you wouldn't encounter a storm every now and then. You wouldn't encounter some bad situations now and then. You wouldn't encounter some problems now and then. All right. And they're saying, Why don't, what's wrong with you? You think we're going to perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Wow. Wow. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What about us today? Why are we so fearful? I know she's watching probably. Ginger's probably watching. So I'm going to preach on Ginger here for a minute. So, Ginger, we were talking about this the other day. She said, I'm finally getting to the point where I'm trusting the Lord. She said, all this time I thought I did trust the Lord. But it got down to the point where the great job that she had over there in Effingham she had no more days left. She was out of days. And because if they would fire her, then it would be very difficult for her to come back and work for them. So she had to resign. I would say that was probably one of the toughest letters that she probably had to write. That she was resigning from a job that she loved. But if she resigned from it, if she ever could be able, was able to come back to work, then it was very easy that they could just rehire her back in. And so now, you know, she has no income. She has no money coming in. She has bills to pay. And this is a, a storm that she has encountered through the years with her health. And, and, and she's lost many, many jobs because of sickness. And, and it's not because... You know, the job is too hard, but it's because she gets sick and then she can't get, get to work. Listen, when you're sick, you can't get to work. You know, there's an issue with that. And so now she has no job. She had a little bit of in, unemployment, but that's coming to an end. And now she still has bills to pay. And I go to her house one day and she says, out of nowhere, I got a check in the mail for this bill for next month. A few weeks later, I got another check in the mail. She's not worked since probably like October, and she's current on all of her bills, and the Lord is taking care of her. What am I saying is this. I'm saying that sometimes the process that we have to go through Nobody wants to lose their job. Nobody wants to run out of unemployment because those are all things that we can depend on. But when there's nothing that you can depend on, when there's no income coming in, when there's no unemployment expected to be filed here in the next couple of weeks, when there's no work to be had, when you can't get to work and when nothing is happening and suddenly checks start coming in the mail and money gets deposited in your bank, what am I saying? I'm saying that's the only thing way that God can say now you know that I truly will take care of exactly what you need because as long as we can depend on unemployment as long as we can depend on getting to work as long as we can depend on investments as long as we can do that God didn't do it but when you're down to nothing God is always up to something. Amen? When you are down to your last dime and you don't have any more, when you're getting ready like the widow at Sarapath, when you're getting ready to mix your last pancake and you and your son are going to eat it and then you're going to die, 
what does God do? He sends a man of God to your house. And the man of God says, what, she says, what can I do for you? And this is what the man of God says. Bake me the cake first. I got to get a drink of water on that one. Bake me the cake first. She's down to her last pancake. And that selfish man of God says, give it to me first. Fat, no good preacher. Maybe, maybe she was thinking that. We would today. Selfish preachers. You don't have to agree with me. I've been around long enough to know what people think about church. Some people. It's all right. That's awful selfish, preacher. This widow's down to one pancake for her and her son. She's going to eat it and die. You walked into her house. You're a guest in her house. And she says, what can I do for you? He said, give me the cake first. Yes, he did. He did. He didn't have any sheeps to eat. Nothing. One pancake. One pancake. Now, society would say that's not right. Society would say the widow needs to take care of herself first and her son. But you see, God doesn't think like society thinks. And God doesn't think like we think. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm digging in somebody's unbelief right now. I'm digging in your garden. I'm trying to get out some roots of bitterness out of your life. I'm trying to get out some weeds out of your life that are sucking all the nutrients so nothing else can grow in your garden but bitterness and malice and strife. But the the prophet said, give it to me first. And she cooked it up and gladly gave it to the prophet. Now, I know how I felt when I was in the Philippines and I ate that cheeseburger and french fries in front of the pastor and her husband and she ate nothing and I said to Bishop Zaragoza I said where's hers and he said she wants you to eat go ahead I said she needs money he said don't worry about it she didn't understand English he said she's blessing you I felt terrible I felt terrible And then the next thing he said was this, eat it all. Now, in a number of circumstances, you know that I have no problem eating it all. But I didn't want to eat any of it because they're there. They're not eating. But he said, she wants to bless the man of God. You see, I did not know. I did not know that years before she had a prophet that came to her church from America and he said to her there will be a man of God who will come here and he is going to take care and pay to put concrete floors in your house I didn't know that but I knew one thing that when I took a tour through their house their little three-bedroom house that was made out of two-by-fours and metal tin Amen? Mm-hmm. You know, for skylights, they use the, the fiberglass, the clear fiberglass, ripply stuff, you know? For skylights, and the floor was dirt. And the Lord said, I want you to go back and get the money, and I want you to put floors in this woman's house for her. I didn't know about that prophecy. Bishop Zaragoza said, eat all the cheeseburger. Well, I had no problem. I mean, once I got it going, I okay. But you see, God uses the process. And so the widow watches the man of God eat her last cake. She's putting the kingdom first. And then the man of God, when he's finished, she said, Now, you go ahead and bake for your son. And she said, I used all the flour and all the oil for your cake. He said, Go back to the pot and go ahead and bake for you and your son. And the Bible says that she went back and there was meal in the barrel and there was oil in the cruise. And she went back the next day, and there was oil and meal. And the next day, and the next day, 
And the next day, you see, she didn't even have to buy it ever again the rest of her life because she took care of the man of God. God said, I'm going to fill that meal barrel and that cruise of oil every day for that woman for the rest of her life. You see, we don't understand sometimes when we're in the storm. You don't understand when your boat is taken on water. You don't know why God's not talking to you. Oh, come on. I'm feeling the Lord right now. You don't know why he's not answering you, but I'm telling you, God's got a plan. If you just get that in your spirit, that God has a plan through this process in my life and God wants to teach me something. Something. That's why you're here today. A man and woman chose to go through the process. Okay. How many of you ever been on an amusement ride and you wish to God that you never was on it and halfway through it you wished you could get off? When I was young, when I wore a younger man's clothes, I'd go to amusement parks and they'd spin me upside down and twirl me. It was wonderful. And listen, I would be willing to drive a church bus full of church kids to Six Flags now and just let me go in. I'll pay 45 bucks to go sit and eat somewhere all day long. Just don't make me get on a ride. Yeah. You can't get off the, you can't get off the boat when it's in the middle of the lake in the middle of the storm. You got to go through the process. You wish to God you could get out of there. You wish to God that you could rewind and change some things, but you can't. So we're sitting here today. You're in the middle. This is the product of a process. Oh, that'll preach right there. I'm going to preach that message. Ginger, if you think you're going to preach that one, product of the process. That's mine. Amen. Someday. You're then the product of a process right here. Because we were kicked out of everything that, we, that was familiar to us. We had worked hard for about 15 or 20 years in ministry. And, and we, we had, listen, we had friends all over the world. We had all kinds of friends. They were fair weather friends because they don't even talk to us anymore. It's just amazing. It's amazing. But we went through the process and the Lord said, I want you to start a church in Van Day. And I said, you've got to have lost your mind. You can talk to the Lord like that because he knows you're thinking it. So you might as well verbalize it and vocalize it so you feel better. So the Lord said, I want you to start the church in Vandalia. And I said, no way. There ain't no way. You're crazy. You've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. And for the next three weeks, Brother Kevin, boy, I wrestled. I wrestled. I wish you'd have showed up and helped me during that three weeks like you did at the nativity, the manger. I wish you'd have showed up and helped me. Brought me an answer. And finally, I, I gave the Lord, you know, you've heard the story. I gave the Lord this prayer, this ultimatum, this uh, fleece. I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, uh, you're going to do, if, if, if you want me to start a church, you do X, Y, and Z. And I felt so confident that he would not do X, Y, and Z. I felt like I had him ready to tap out. I felt like me and the Lord, I'm, I'm oh boy, ain't no, how many of you ever prayed and said, ain't no way he's answering that? Anybody ever prayed crazy enough to pray something like that? Thank you, Brother Bernie. I appreciate that because that makes me feel a little normal. I'm not the only one. You pray something and you say, there ain't no way he's going to do this. There ain't no way. There's no way. It didn't even take him 12 hours. And he answered a prayer. I said, oh, goodness gracious sakes alive, OMG. He did answer it. So here we are. Why? Because we're in the middle of the process and you got to go on. You, if you jump overboard, you're going to drown. You got to stay in the boat. You don't get out of the boat. You stay in the boat because the boat's going to take you to the other side. He said, we are going to the other side. Amen. If he's in your life, if he's in your boat, he's not going to leave you. Please do not desert him. Please do not walk out on him. Please do not give up on him. Please don't throw in the towel. Please don't stop loving him. Please don't stop serving him. Oh, come on now. 
get, get, a, get something in your gut this year in 21 that says, I don't care what happens in the presidency. I don't care what happens in the Congress. I don't care what happens in church. I don't care what happens on my job. The Lord put me in the boat, and he's in the boat with me, and I'm going to the other side. I am going to win. Is anybody ready to do some winning around here? Is anybody ready to do and get some winning done around here? I'm ready to get some winning done around here. What's he trying to do? He's trying to build up your faith. He's trying to help you believe and trust. He's trying to help you. Help you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's trying to help you. Say it like they say it in Tennessee. Help you. Help. Help me. Help me. He's trying to build up your faith. And they feared exceedingly. They looked at one another and said, what manner of man is this? What kind of guy is this we're serving? I'm going to tell you, what kind of God are you serving? You're serving the God that created the heavens and the earth. I don't know. They, you know, I heard some people make a big to do about the Jupiter and Ven- uh, Jupiter and whatever it was, Saturn coming together, right? Some people y- yacked at it and didn't like it. It don't matter. It's a wonder in the heavens. It was awesome. It was cool, wasn't it? Cool. Well, Jesus wasn't born December 25th. That don't. Ma- Why you got to be getting down in the details? Just love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Enjoy what the Lord's given you. He said, in the last days there will be signs in the heavens. So you're, this is the last day, so you better get your business straight with God. We're, he's trying to build up our faith. What manner of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. Let's go here to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There, in the King James, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say faithful. Oh, say it like you mean it. Faithful. Come on. Yeah, that's a little better. Yes, thanks. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with the, will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. How about that? That's a pretty good scripture. Okay. I thought it was. Now look at the Amplified. You're going to have to have an oxygen tank to read the Amplified. Whew. But I put it up there because I'm going to break it down for you. Okay? For, for no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you, and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience, and such as a man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure, but with the temptation, he will always. Say always. I see buildings all over this countryside that say always. You ever see them? Walmarts, come on, friends. You read the side of the buildings? Always. Always also provide a way out, the means of escape to a landing place, that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up, to bear up under it patiently. Whew. Take a breath. Let's break it down. Break it down now. We're all tempted and tried. Each one of us going to have problems. Everybody's got problems. Your problems are big to you, and my problems are big to me. And my big problems to me makes your problems little to me. Right? That makes sense? Your problems are big to you, but they're little to me because I'm not living in those. I'm living in my big problems, which my big problems are your little problems. My little, you know what I'm saying? My big problems to me are little problems to you because you're dealing with your big problems. We all have problems. We all going to have trouble. We're all going to have situations. No trial is regarded as enticing to sin. He's not trying to get you to sin, but he's trying to build something. He's trying to get a product out of the process. No matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. Everybody's going to have some problems. 
That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted or adapted and belonging to human experience and such as a man can bear. We all are going to have problems. I will never forget, I will never forget the morning that my dad passed away. I was there with Ginger and Megan. My dad passed away, and my brother, my oldest brother, and my mom were coming over. There was, a, there was an hour drive, and they were on their way over. And I called him, my brother, and I said, take your time, dad passed away. Now, I don't know what he heard. But all I know is, he gets there, and mom comes up on the elevator, and I, I see my brother out of the windows in the parking lot. He gets out of his car, and he comes running in. Now, he's in better shape than I am, so he can run. I can run too. I'm scared. Amen. And he jumps off the elevator. And he's like, "What's going on?" I said, "What? What? 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 What did you hear on the phone?" Well, he said, "I don't really remember." I said, "It's all right. Dad's passed." Oh, he said, "Really?" And then he says, "Man, I ran. I ran a red light down the road and cut off three people. Try, turned the flashers on. I drove 100 miles an hour on the interstate trying to get here." So listen, the next time somebody cuts you off in an intersection, you don't know the phone call that they just got. You don't know the situation that the waitress is having that day that she's, while she's serving your table that she may be dealing with at home or with the child or in a divorce or custody. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Let's follow some peace with men and realize there's some, there's, they got problems too. And maybe they're in the middle of something. But God's not going to put any more on us than, he, than we can bear. Amen? We have to trust God, but God is faithful. He's faithful to his word and compassion nature, and he can be trusted. God cannot lie. God said, I'm with you all the way to the end. He will be with us all the way to the end. He's not going to be with us in certain, certain ways at times. We are married. We took eternal vows. I took vows. You never said yours, but I've forgotten about that. Yes. No, I haven't. Eternal vows together forever. But I'm not with you forever. I'm not in your presence forever. You're not with me like we are now together. Sometimes you're at work. Sometimes I'm at work. Sometimes I'm far away. I'm out in, I'm out in the Philippines somewhere. Right? But, I, but we're still there together. But we're not like this. I can't feel you. I can't touch you right now. It's the same way with the Lord. You can't feel him. You can't touch him all the time. But you're in covenant with him. You're walking with him. He can be trusted. Don't give up on him. Just keep walking. That's all you got to do. Just keep walking. You won't be drowned. You won't be destroyed. Or, or, nor will you be annihilated. All right? Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivers them. You get really afraid to read Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah? No pestilence going to come near your dwelling place. Come on. Come on. His word says, his word says he can be trusted. He can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength to resist and to endure. He's not going to put more on you than you can bear, Kevin. You're not going down. You hear me? You might be going through a trial, but you're not going down. You might be having trouble, but this is not going to take you out. Hear me. Hear the pastor. I'm telling you, you might be on your deathbed, but as long as you have a pulse, he still has a purpose. Oh, yeah. You're not going down. The devil tells you you're going down. The devil says you're done. The devil says, I'm taking you out. You're finished. It's over. Uh-uh. The devil's a liar. you got to remember that. The devil's a liar. You're not going down. You're not going to drown. You're not going to be annihilated. God's got this plan. He's got everything under control. He's going to make a way out. Everybody say way out. But with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place. When you don't think you can bear it any longer, he still has confidence that you can. How many of you have gone through some bad trials? 
bad problems. You're still alive. You're still here. You're not dead. Right? It didn't kill you. Still here. The Lord knows how much you can carry. So he has confidence in you. When you are carrying, I wish I had the vocabulary to say it like I want to say it. When you are carrying this load and you don't think you can make it any further, the Lord has already trusted you and entrusted you with that exact load. He knows Amy has what it takes to carry this to the finish line. He knows Susan has what it takes to carry this to the finish line. He knows Dan has what it takes to carry what I put on him or allowed to come on him, what I've allowed in the process because I want a product out of the process. He has what it takes to carry that exact load. Amen. He's like, he's like he don't have his glasses on. What am I saying? I'm saying that he trusts you in the trial. I'm saying that he trusts you in your trial. He trusts you. He knows you can make it. He knows you've come this far. He knows that you've got the smarts to get you the rest of the way. He knows that you've got trust in him. You've got faith in him. I'm getting ready to close. And you've got everything all ready to go. He's going to give you that spot, that landing place. Amen? Oh, come on now. Yeah, we do get tired and we do get t or tried and tested that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under. What's he doing? This is spiritual weightlifting. This is a spiritual workout right here. The trial is a workout. He's trying to toughen you up. Now listen, when, when you're picking players for a team, hopefully you want your team to win. Yes? Hopefully you want your team to win. And so when you're picking players for a team, you're going to pick strong players. You're going to pick smart players. I'm going to say this once and for all right now. If we ever play football as a church body, Marcus is mine all the time. Okay? Because I know he's hands. He's got the hands. Okay? I'm just telling you. Why? Because he's got the right hands. He's got the right smarts. But you see, he didn't learn that just playing video football. He got out there on the gridiron and played it and learned it. What are you saying? I'm saying that God's putting you in the test of your lives and in the trials of your lives to build a process and to build a product out of the process to make you stronger. If it doesn't kill you, it just makes you stronger. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. You, uh, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Anybody ever heard those words in your life? But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived, I like this part, I have deprived it, the world, of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. The Lord has deprived the world of the power to harm you. You see, you can walk through life in the power of the Lord, and the world cannot touch you. The world cannot bring you down. You may choose to let it bring you down, but the world cannot bring you down on its own devices. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That's some good news there, brothers and sisters. The Lord has defanged the world, and now you walk around as the Lord's child. Hallelujah. With the blood of Jesus pumping through your veins. Hallelujah. I'm Tracy Allen Zimmerman Jesus. I've got his spirit in me I've got his blood on me and when I need to find the car title I know that sooner or later he's going to take me down to that stupid little Tupperware tote and say well, how about that third envelope down there it is son now let me tell you something I shared this with a couple people already if I'd have had that money from the insurance company I'd have already bought another one right But now, they're talking about 
$2,000 per person in the stimulus. They're going to fight about it and all this other. But I'm just wondering. Does that look like that emoji? I'm just wondering. If I got my insurance money, plus an extra 4000 Lord, did you kind of help me misplace that title to say, wait a minute, Trace, don't do nothing too fast. Because, see, this is how I've lived in him. Because I'm going to give you an extra $4,000 for your suburban. It ain't going to cost you any money. You don't have to go to the bank and get a loan. It don't have to do nothing. I'm just going to send it to you, Trace. It's going to come in your bank deposit. It's going to be just deposited right in there, and it's going to be all right. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I'm just saying that's how me and the Lord flow. You know, what's God want to do in your life? He's deprived the world of the power to take you down. He's deprived the world of the power. Let's all stand. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh. Everybody say overcometh. That overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And what's he doing with the trials? Building our faith. So when the persecution comes, when the trial comes, when the storm comes, he's trying to build your faith to make you overcome the world. I don't want weaklings on my team if I'm going to try to pick a team to win. I want to win. And God wants strong brothers and sisters. He wants strong children. And guess what? I'm looking at strong children in here today. You've been here through it all. Amen. Now what's going to happen to those? Look at this. Look at this. That word overcome comes from the Greek word. Greek word number 95 or 3528 to subdue. To subdue literally or figuratively. We're going to overcome. We're going to subdue the world. But it comes from a root word. It comes from that root word there. Right? It comes from that root word right there. 3529, which is down at the bottom. I don't know if you've ever heard of this word in the, in the Greek, but in English it's Nike. You didn't know Nike came from a Greek word, did you? You didn't know the swoosh was Greek, did you? The word Nike means apparently a primary word. It means conquest. The means of success. Just do it. Nike. It's victory. God wants to put victory in your life in 21. How about this? Even greater victory than you had in 20. Even greater victory than 20. Amen. God wants to do it. Nike. Nike. Revelation 3, 5. He that overcomes. Come on around. Everybody, just come on around. Come on real fast. We're going to finish this off. Got a good song we're going to sing. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life I'm not going to blot out his name he's going to overcome he's going to have white raiment and I'm not going to blot his name out you're going to win brothers and sisters you're going to win same chapter verse 12 him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is New Jerusalem we're headed to New Jerusalem we're headed to a city. We're headed to a home. You're going to be victorious. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win this year. You're going to overcome. Johnny, your best year is coming. Amen. Amen. Great news. Great news. Johnny was sober all Christmas. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because the culture that he comes from, I said, what do they do at Christmas time in Laos? He said, they get drunk. He texted me. He texted me at Christmas and said, didn't get drunk. Amen. Why? He's having victories. Power of God in his life. You see? And it's not big stuff. Just be happy with small stuff. Because small stuff adds up to big stuff. Amen? Small stuff adds up to big stuff. Last scripture. Revelation 3.21. To him that overcomes will I grant to set with me in my throne.
Oh my. I'm ready to sit in this room. Anybody else ready to sit in this room? You ready to sit in this room? Morgan, you ready to sit in this room, huh? Sure you are. Amen. I knew you was. You ready to sit in this room, Carly? Sit in this room. Glory to God. Glory to God. Overcome in 21. Overcome in 21. You're in the will of God. Storms are going to come. But the storm is going to come to build your faith. And faith is used to overcome the world. And Jesus has already deprived the world of all of its power over you. That's good. That's good. Let's sing. Ready? Hallelujah. I will not be drowned. My God will make Think about that victory that wants to so come in your life. I am not afraid. In when I am in the fire, I will not feel the flame. Lord, I want this victory in this area of my life. I want victory in this area of my life this year. Always beside me, no shadow, no valley, where you won't find me, no I am not afraid. Before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley, where you won't find me, no out an enemy once and for all in my life. Once and for all, I got an enemy I'm going to take out in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to take him out, Lord. Lord, I just pray that as you've revealed to us, Lord, you brought instances, you brought places in our lives, situations in our walk with you, God, that you're going to take us beyond those this year. We're going to whip the enemy in those areas. You have deprived the world. You have already deprived the world. And God, you're going to make us victorious because you're going to build our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to build our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's sing it again. Once I got through the
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, God, move through this crowd. Give us all the measure of faith. Give us all, Lord, the measure of faith to be overcomers this year. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you do it? Can you whip something this year that you haven't been able to whip last year? Can you take something out of your life? Can you add something? Can you add something? I've got some challenges personally in my life that I'm working on. Amen. Got some things I'm trying to get out, put in. He's going to build up your faith. The process builds your faith. That's what he said. They were afraid. He said, why didn't you have any faith? Amen. So now remember, you can do it. Amen. Look at two people and say you can do it. Tell them you can do it. You can do it. Margaret, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Nikki, you can do it. Amen. You can do it. All right. Thanks for being here today. You got something to take home?